All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Welcome back. Wednesday afternoon on Sports 1440 live on Oilers Nation YouTube. Uh, the Gregor Show is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca where uh, you can get in Lotto 649, baby. If you're feeling lucky, today's the day to do it. Uh, $32 million. And the uh, gold ball jackpot and, of course, uh, $1 million guaranteed. Check it out at PlayAlberta.ca. Of course, coming to you live from the Ewell studio, E-W-E-L.ca for all your electrical needs. I'm Jason Greger. He's Connor Halley. And it is Who Is It Wednesday. Every Wednesday, we like to bring in um, a big name, somebody, uh, you know, lots of different elements. And sometimes we bring in players. Sometimes we bring in coaches, trainers, just anybody kind of associated, uh, broadcasters uh, with uh, the sports world. And uh, today's guest is a Stanley Cup winner. He won an NHL Player Award. There's a 20-goal score, top 25 in playoff scoring at his position, a member of seven different NHL organizations, in fact, is a five-time Stanley Cup winner, and recent inductee into the Oilers Hall of Fame. We welcome in Charlie Huddy. Charlie, how are you? I'm doing good, thanks. Hey, thanks for coming in, man. It's been uh, it's been a whirlwind for you here. How uh, now you've had uh, some time to kind of maybe sit back, uh, kind of take me through the the whole Hall of Fame experience for you. Yeah, you know what? It was uh, it was quite an experience, and obviously a great honor. I mean, uh, when I got the call from Kevin Lowe, it was uh, it was a pretty special phone call to be uh, knowing that you know my name was going to go up there with all those greats that are in the Hall of Fame and yeah, you know teammates that I played with. So it was a pretty uh, it was a pretty special moment. So. Uh, and then after that, like you said, it was kind of a whirlwind after that, but it was, uh, it was a great, it was a great night. My family was, uh, my son uh, and his family came up from Minnesota and then my, my daughter lives in, in town. So, uh, she was able to be there. My mother-in-law came in and, uh, you know what? It was, uh, it was just a real special night, you know, first class again by the Oilers as always when they put things on and, uh, treated a hundred percent and, uh, just, just really enjoyed the evening. It was it was fantastic, and like I said, a great honor. Uh, your five grandkids were were all in attendance, uh, ranging in age. I think it's like seven to to seventeen, somewhere around there. Yeah, um, it's got to be a pretty cool uh, grandpa moment when the uh, the grandkids are around. It's like, geez, grandma's pretty good here. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? It was uh, it, it was pretty special. It really was. Uh, I think they kind of kind of got updated on my career and stuff like that you know and um you know and had some had some knowledge behind it my son's uh played a little bit of hockey in yeah. the east coast league and yeah. over in europe and stuff like that so they kind of had a a pretty good idea but uh you know what for them to be there and see my name go up there was uh was special for me that they were there and special i think for them to you know that they had a chance to be there when this all happened and 
you know, like you say, ten years down the road, they'll they'll be able to look at it as a pretty special night. Yeah, and, it's, and your you know your daughter and grandkids live in Fort, so uh, you know they'll be anytime they go to the rink, they oh, there's grandpa up there. That's pretty good, and dad, that's yeah. pretty cool, man. It never goes away. So that's what's uh, awesome about being in, in any Hall of Fame. So here in uh, who is it Wednesday? We like to kind of go into the career. A lot of people know about Charlie Huddy, that you know five time Stanley Cup champ, and we'll get into some of those stories a little bit later on. But I kind of want to go back, uh, you know, an Ontario guy from Oshawa. Um, like, like most kids born uh, in uh, in, the, in the late 50s, early 60s, you know, you're playing on outdoor rinks. I think probably your first organized games might have been outdoor hockey. Yeah, they were for sure. I mean, you know, we played a lot of a lot of outdoor hockey. I remember, you know, at the public school that I went to, there was rinks there. So you get out of school, race home, get your stuff, and I was like a five minute walk back to the uh, back to the rink to the school. So get all your stuff and go back there and play until uh, it got dark and came home for dinner and. If you got lucky, you were able to go back for another hour, maybe after if, th- if things were going good. But, uh, you know what? You never forget those times of playing on the outdoor rinks and, uh, you know, the fun that you had as a kid. So when, when were you, were you always a defenseman? Did you play Ford as a kid? Yeah, I think I started when I was whatever, six, six or seven. I know I started playing forward. I was playing center or whatever. I can't remember exactly. Wing maybe. Um, you know what? And then as I, as I kept, Moving up into, you know, into, into peewee, I remember changing back to, uh, um, back to, uh, back to defense for whatever reason. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, kind of kept going from there. So at what point, like when, when you go to junior, you're playing for, like, you got to play in your hometown and, and for, uh, for junior, that, like, how did yeah, that, that play out? Like, was that, was, was there a draft where you protected? How did it work back then? Yeah, I think there was a draft back then. I'm not like, yeah, that's a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know what? I was playing, I was playing, it was a draft. I was playing, uh, Markham and in, in Markham for the Markham Waxers Junior B and then their tier two team, their A team there. And I got drafted out of there and then, and then moved into Oshawa from there for the, for the couple of years that I was in Oshawa. So when you get to Oshawa, were you thinking NHL? Did you, is that when you thought it was I, realistic? Maybe, you know or? what? I, I think you always do, right? Like if you get that far, you think that the next step is hopefully a chance to get into the NHL. And I kind of thought that. I mean, I, you never really know what's going to happen as you go through, through your career. You go through junior, you just, you know, you take it day by day and see where it leads you. And, uh, I mean, it was, uh, Fortunate, I, I, fortunate and unfortunate that I didn't get drafted, but the draft back then wasn't as big as it was now. It was yeah. like a sit at your house and it was a phone call and tell you, yeah, you got drafted or whatever, you know, wherever the case may be. But at the end of the day, it worked out pretty well that I didn't get drafted. Charlie Huddy joined us and, and that was going to, cause, you know, when you look at how things play out sometimes. So let, had you been drafted, like you, you weren't projected to be a first rounder, but you had 58 points in 64 games, like, you know, almost a point a game defenseman, 20 goals in 64 games as a D man. Obviously you had some good offensive chops and, and good defensemen, but you didn't get drafted. And then you kind of had your pick, I guess, at that point. Was Edmonton the only team? Was there other options? Kind of take us through there. What happened after, uh, you know, after the, that? There was a couple of teams, and and like you said, you know what? It ended up not getting drafted. Ended up working out way better. And I did have some. Um, Edmonton obviously was one, and then uh, Philadelphia is the other one. Okay. And Calgary at that time was was the other team. So I, I had some options and chose Edmonton for. On you know what? No particular reason. I looked. We kind of with my agent. We looked at the roster, and there was some guys that. Had been playing for for quite a while, and there's you know there was a chance that they might be finishing out in a few years. And I knew I I I knew I had to probably go to the minors and figure out my game down there, like you know, and uh, like most guys, and 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 go from there. So we ended up making the right choice, and um, just like I said before, Edmonton was the only team that offered me a five thousand dollars signing bonus. So that was a big thing for a twenty year old kid, right? Oh yeah. The other teams didn't. So oh, was, back, uh, back then, Slash was, was just uh, throwing the yeah, money around. Was, How yeah, quickly he, that yeah, changed? Yeah, eh? yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so that was kind of. Uh, <laughs> but no, you know what? It was uh, uh, obviously the right choice, and um, you know it worked out. So you, you take uh, you, you sign uh, with with the uh, the orders. Um, and uh, but you played. Did you sign after the year in Houston, or when you signed with the Orders? Did they send you to Houston? Yeah, no, they. I signed with the Orders. Okay. They, they sent me to Houston okay. uh, in the Central Hockey League. So, yeah, so I was signed going going down there. Okay, so now you come into your first camp in seventy nine eighty. That's the first year of the Orders, and you know Gretzky. So you were in camp for not not a very long time. Uh, 
do you remember your first impression of young Wayne Gretzky that year? Um, yeah, you could tell he was a, the player that he was. I mean, he was heads above everybody else, just the way he carried himself, carried himself on the ice and the way he went through, you know, the practices. I mean, back then it was two a days, you know, we were out in the morning and then you'd go home and lay down because you were half dead and then you'd get back and go back to the rink and have to go back out onto the ice again for another hour, hour and a half. But, um, yeah, you, you could, I mean, you, you knew there was something special there and, uh, um, that he was going to be the kind of player that he turned out to be. Oh, uh, Charlie, how did he join us? So, you know, you're, you're 79 games your first year uh, in Houston uh, with the Apollos. Great name, by the way. Yeah. And um, massive city. You had uh, Al Rollins was your head coach. What do you remember of Al Rollins as a head coach? Uh, you know what? It was uh, it, it was funny because we got to the – when I got to – to go to the rink that we were going to play it was the old Sam Houston Coliseum and it was kind of made for you know rodeos and stuff like that but yeah the um the bench had no glass behind it and it was it had a short back on it like you could just you could if you leaned way back you'd go into the into the seats behind <laughs> you so they ended up roping off like the two two rows of seats right behind the bench and there was nowhere for Al to stand like he 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 had no seat or I mean, no, 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 yeah, nowhere to go. Like he couldn't stand in front of the players, like some, you know. But there was no no area behind the stand. So we get to the first. I think it was the exhibition game, and we're kind of going like, "What's going to happen here?" So, anyways, he he had a seat at the end of the bench, <laughs> and believe this or not, he there was there was two speakers or ones one speaker down at at the one end of the bench, and then another round speaker down at the other end of the bench, and he actually had a microphone. And he would call who was going to be up. Get out. I swear to God. And it was like, it, it was the craziest thing ever. And he'd be like on there. And then, you know, you know, it'd be like guys would be angry or whatever. And they'd be squirting water in the speaker, hope, hoping it was going to shut down. And, uh, but it was, man, that, it, it was, it was, it was crazy. Like, you know, you never, you think you've seen everything, right? And then you get there and then you see this. And, but um, you know what, great guy. He was uh, he he was a good coach. I think he was an old goaltender. Yeah. But he was uh, he, he he was good. I mean he um, he understood the game, and I think you know I mean wasn't a lot of video obviously no. back then. You know if there was any, I don't I don't think I ever remember watching video with him. But just the just the understanding of the game, and you know getting the guys in the right position, and you know working on certain things in practice. So he was uh, you know he was a good coach from back then. But, but did you even have an assistant coach? I don't know. No, I don't, I don't know. think we, so. No, we like, don't. It was like, just him. As somebody who's coached now, like imagine yeah. that. Like this is seventy nine eighty. It's yeah. not like we're talking a hundred <laughs> no, years yeah. ago, right? No, and yeah. you had one head coach, so he's like, think about now. You have the defense runs the defense for like obviously the players got to be aware. Yeah, but you're trying to run everything. <laughs> just visualizing him at the end of the bench oh, yeah. with the speaker, <laughs> which is hilarious because I guess it makes sense for the defenseman on the other end to to hear it. But it is funny how quickly the game has changed. That uh, used to just have head coaches with no assistants. Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. It's, I mean, it, I, I think the way the game is like right now, I think it'd be almost impossible for one guy to run a whole bench. I mean, yeah. it would be, you know, there's some guys that maybe could do it, but it'd be it'd be a tall task to be able to manage the forwards and manage the getting the certain matchups that you want, tr- yeah. watching the system, watching the games that's going on because. Man, that game is when you're standing behind that bench. That game's going really fast, and you're trying to pick things off to make corrections and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's a it'd be it'd be a tall task. But there was a lot of them, a lot of them back then. I know when I was in Wichita, there was just one one head coach there, and you were lucky if you had two trainers most of the time. You know, well, the Wichita win in your second season, yeah. uh, and it, you had 44 points in 47 games. Like you mentioned, how I got to go to the American League to figure out my game. You played your full season, then uh, then you kind of had two half seasons in, in Wichita. But that second year, what what kind of clicked for you? Uh, you know what? I think the coach that I had down there, John Muckler, really. Uh, okay. He was. Uh, you know what? We we became really good friends, and I, I I I treasured everything that he helped me with. Like he was a real. He he was hard down there. Like he skated us every day. Like it was. And he goes, hey, you know what? If you guys, this is what it's going to take to get to the NHL. Like, okay. nobody, nobody's getting called up from here and not going to be able to to skate, to be able to skate or to be not in good enough shape to play in the NHL. If you leave from here and get called up, you're going to be good to play up there. And the the system part of it is that's on you, but the, the yep, conditioning yep. part, 
is going to uh, is on me to make sure that you guys are in shape. And um, he he did do that, you know. And 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 just this, he's a smart man. He's a he, a real real smart hockey man, and he he taught us a lot down there. And you know what, you you took in as much as you wanted, right? Like if you thought you had a chance that you were going to get to the NHL, you would absorb everything that he was telling you to to make you a better player to help you get to the next level and if you didn't you just kind of went through the motions down there but um yeah so I was fortunate to 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 have him down there to really help me out a lot Charlie Huddy joins us here on Who Is It Wednesday, of course, in the Edmonton Orders Hall of Fame. Five-time Stanley Cup winner, played over a 1,000 NHL games. Also, top 25 in playoff scoring for NHL defensemen all time. So uh, we'll return, and uh, we'll talk about the journey to the uh, the National Hockey League and, and through it, and then all of a sudden uh, trying to be the Reg Dunlop in his uh, final year of pro hockey. That and more when we return on Sports 1440. It's the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 326, we return. Who is is it Wednesday? Our guest, five-time Stanley Cup champion, recently in the Edmonton Orders Hall of Fame, where he will be there uh, forever. Of course, played over a thousand NHL games. Uh, he's twenty-third all-time defenseman scoring in the playoffs. And uh, as, as we learned, uh, as a rookie, his uh, first year in pro, his coach would sit on the end of the bench in a chair with a microphone because there was no bench for the coach to stand on to uh, call out line changes. Oh, it's a different time. It was a different time. Charlie, I love that story. So uh, here you are. You know, you played in Houston, then you're the Wichita Wind, and uh, it's your second year, uh, second pro season. And early on that year, you, you kind of went up and down a little bit, but uh, you get tell me where you were because I know where your first game was, and I'm sure you remember. Like you're an Ontario kid, and you get the call, and you're like, "Hey, you're coming to the NHL," which is pretty thrilling. But you're also going to make your NHL debut in Toronto against the Maple Leafs. T- tell me how the call who who told you you were coming up, and uh, how, how did that go? Yeah, you know what, Muck called me. We're I, I remember because we were on the road. Uh, this is, so this was in the Central League. So it was, we were, we were in Indianapolis. Yeah. And I got, and I got the call and like, I think we're, I don't know if it was a one game or a two game, but back then you didn't travel with a lot of stuff, right? So like I had a little duffel bag with a couple of shirts in it and stuff like that. Had no overcoat or anything because you know, you're on the bus pretty much the whole time. So I got called up and he says, you're going to Toronto and they're playing tomorrow. And I'm like, Oh my God, am I playing? And he says, yeah, you're going to be playing. I was like, Oh man. Anyways, I, like you said, I'm, uh, so I had family and stuff there and it was just, uh, it, you know what? It was, it was a long flight. It was nerve wracking because I was thinking, you know, how's this all going to go? It's my first game. I'm in, in Toronto and Maple Leaf Gardens and the whole thing. I was a kid watching the, you know, the Leafs play in Maple Leaf Gardens and now I'm going to be on that ice and the whole nine yards. And I was just, uh, you know what? I was terrified. I, I really was like, it was, uh, it, it was a big challenge for me, but, um, you know what they get for the what I remember. The game went good. The, I think the the one thing about Slats is is that when he called you up, he would like play it. Yeah. You know, like you wouldn't sit there and play one shift and then sit for five minutes and then he'd throw you back out there yeah. randomly and then you know what I mean. Like he 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 gave you an opportunity to stick around. If you went out and you played good, then you kept playing and okay. then you'd play the next game and you'd play the next game and you'd get. The ice time that was rewarded on how, how your how your game was going that night. So, um, you know that that helps as a as a kid coming up, and then you've got some great players obviously in front of you, and lots of encouragement from those guys. You know, you're in your first NHL game, so I mean, um, it, it's easier to get in the groove when you're when you're playing all the time, and rather than getting one or two shifts a period, you know, it makes it tough. Oh, for sure. So you pick up an apple in your first game. That's in Toronto. The next night, so you're going back to back. Back to back, yeah. You go into the Chicago <laughs> yeah. Stadium, one of the greatest buildings uh, ever. And Charlie Huddy scores his first NHL goal in only a second NHL game. Who was it on? What do you remember? Slap shot from the blue line. I don't know why I was playing the left side for whatever reason. I don't know why, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, slap shot, five hole on Tony Esposito. Tony Esposito. Yeah, in LA. <laughs> uh, so can, can you explain that moment? Here you no, are now I, and you I, score your first NHL goal. You're just I, like, oh my I, God. You know what? I can't explain it. I really can't. Like it was, I mean, I, I don't know. Like it was a, you, you go back to it. You know, I grew up watching those guys. Like, yeah. I watched Tony. Oh, it's not like I didn't know who he was. Like you, when you're watching hockey, like Tony Esposito is a pretty big deal. Yeah. And here I am in Chicago Stadium playing and 
it comes back to me and I put it through the five hole on him and it was just like it you know what it was a great moment I mean you know you you kind of try to take it all in but you don't really take it all in you know and and stuff like that but you get back to the bench everybody's you know cheering you on and the whole the whole nine yards but it was uh it was quite a thrill who assisted it do you remember? I got no idea. No idea. Okay, I'll have, to, I'll have to look that. But then you scored your first home game. So here's Charlie Eddie comes up, assists his first NHL game, a goal in second NHL game. Then your third NHL game's at home against the Canucks, and you score again. Are you thinking, geez, this league's pretty easy? Yeah, this isn't. Uh, yeah, sometimes you get lucky, right? Yeah, no. You know what? It, it's just. It, I don't even like you. You just get in the groove, right? You're like you're so excited to be there. You've worked. You know, I was. I was fortunate. I didn't have to spend four or five years in the minors, you know, and I was a full year and then, like you said, up and down. And so, you know, it's been a couple of years. So you want to really try to, to try to take it all in and try to enjoy the moment. And, and you want to stick around. I mean, you've worked hard. Your, your parents worked hard driving you all over the, all over the city to play games and spend a lot of time driving you. And, and you want to make the most of it, right? You're there. So the big, the biggest thing is, is that you don't want to leave because if you leave, you don't know if you're going to get back up. Yeah. Because if you don't get called up, somebody else might get called up. They don't play. They play way better than you did. You could be stuck down there for for who knows how long, right? So it's it's you got to take the most of your opportunity, and I I tried to do that, and you know, it's, things worked out okay. So you were you played basically a month, right? You're there forever, and then yeah. it looks uh, December 10th, and then did you go back down and then get recalled for one game in February? Is that what happened? I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I got I, I went back down, and I, I remember I remember, um, and I can't remember the exact, but I remember being down in Wichita, and Mike Forbes was up playing with Edmonton. He was a right-handed shot, and he was up there. I think, he, and he was playing because he had been there for. Man, I don't know. I want to say for a couple of weeks, and then uh, he was still up there. And John Muckler called me, and he said, "Hey, you're going to uh, um, you're getting you're going back to Edmonton." And I'm like, "Well, I thought my, uh, my Forbes is up there." And he goes, "No, he's on his way back down because they had they had played the night before, and I guess in that that morning, I guess um, they had sent Mike Forbes back. His guys were coming back, and somebody else got hurt in that game." And they sent Forbesy down, and then they said, "Well, we need another defenseman. We can't bring him back." So then I ended up going back up, and you know, so crazy how things happen, right? Like he was playing good there, and one of the veterans came back and got sent down, and then somebody got hurt, and away I went. Yeah, and so you you got into uh, you know you look at your numbers, you got into twelve games that year. Then the next season, you start in Wichita, then you get the recall, and then you really don't go back, right? It's it's eighty one games, yeah, and that second year so that's 81 82 um you know that was the orders were pretty good that year right that was unfortunate the miracle on manchester in the postseason yeah. but they were starting to you know gretzky was elite already and then you know you had messier and you know guy that you know pretty right. well in paul coffee and yeah. so when you came in that year charlie in 81 82 and you solidified yourself and now you're here you played 41 games i'm sticking around and uh, you know then obviously into the playoffs what kind of what what did you have to do to say, okay, now I know I belong, I'm comfortable? Was there ever a conversation with Slats and what he said, hey, you do this and you're sticking, or is it just like you're doing this so you're going to stick? Yeah, you know what? Slats really never had a lot of lot of conversation. Like now nowadays in the, in the NHL, coaches have a lot of communication with the players and they you know they update. Like they just they talk way more to the players than they do back then. Slats didn't really. You know, he, I mean, he talked to you, yeah, but yeah. like on a, just on a friendly basis, like, hey, how's it going? You know, whatever, okay. but it never really, never really brought you in and said, hey, you know what? This is, things are going good. This is what you're doing good. This is, you know, keep doing it and you'll stick around or whatever. Like there was never, never any of that. It was just go out and play. And, and like I said before, you go out and you play. If you're playing good, you'll keep playing and then you'll give you a chance. And then you just kind of, you kind of move forward from there. So Paul, of course, told the joke at your Hall of Fame ceremony at the first game. He's like, hey, Charlie, you know, you go in this corner and then I'll stay in front of the net. And if the puck goes the other corner, you go there, too, because they'll show you that you're working hard. Was he joking or was that real? No, you know what? He was like he was serious. I mean, he might have been joking inside, but he was he was serious to me. He thought, hey, if this if this works out good, this, this is going to be great because I'm going to have all this energy when that puck gets turned over. I'll have lots of energy to go uh, the other way. But yeah, it. it it, uh, I might have did it a couple of shifts and then, you know, you realize that that's not the right nah, way to play the yeah, game. Exactly. That's, it's, it's just for, you know, like, but yeah, no, it was, uh, hey, I was pretty fortunate to have him as a partner. What works so well between the two of you? You know what? Um, 
I think for for whatever reason, just the chemistry that we had. But you know what? Like back then, you were he, uh, he was my roommate, so you spent a lot of time. And it's not like you're talking hockey twenty four hours a day, but you know what? You're spending time with each other. You're talking about the game. You're talking about you know the game before the game that's coming up and things that we can you know that we can do better out on the ice. And you're, you're practicing together all the time. And he was he, I'd have him over to the house for dinner and stuff like that, and we'd come and hang out and. I, I think the off ice part of it really really helped out a lot. Sounds crazy, but you know you just you create a chemistry oh, away no. away from the rink and you 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 take it back into the rink when you go in there every day. And um, I, th- I think that's why it works so good. And you know what we cough was a pretty easy going guy. Like we had a lot of fun out there. Like when it was when it was going to be serious, we were serious. And when there was a chance to joke around a little bit, we would joke around a little bit because. You know, you go you go through that season, and if you can't have any fun playing that game, it's uh, it's it's a tough, long, hard year to to go through. So there's got to be a few laughs here and there, right, on the bench. Like he he always tells it. Cuff loves that story about the about when Fogie was trying, Lee Fogelin was trying to get out the door, right, and <laughs> Fogie was like he was wired like he can't imagine, and he yeah. just. And Koff grabbed the end of his jersey and just held him so he couldn't get out the door. And Fogey thought he was caught on the on the hatch or whatever on the latch, and he was just losing. <laughs> Koff was holding it, and then he saw Koff holding it. And I I thought Fogey was gonna like hit him with a, hit him over the head with his stick, but you know stuff like that would happen, right? That yeah. would keep things light, and you would it would it would make the game way more fun you know like it, it really did little things like that oh that makes sense charlie how he joins us here on who, who is it wednesday and you now paul even like he used to throw purposely if you guys were up three or four goals he would just throw yeah. purpose passes right in your skates did you yeah. ever do it back to him yeah no i yeah i tried to re- return the favor a few times here and there but yeah he for whatever reason he loved doing that like he had just <laughs> fired over I, you know what it started in practice though because when we're in practice he'd go out there he'd have no tape on a stick and he'd go out there and he'd be like and guys, I know Gretz used to always yell at him, cough, put tape on your, cause he's shooting from the blue line and you, the thing could go anywhere, oh, right? No, no, tip, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no tape on your stick. Like that thing could, anyway, so Gretz would always be yelling at him. And then, so that's when he started, like he'd, we'd be doing drills and he'd have no tape on his stick and he'd fire it across and that thing would go haywire and it'd end up in my feet and I'm trying to get it out and Slats is yelling at me to handle the pass and, <laughs> Cough with coughs over on the other side laughing and because I'm playing my my offside yeah and I'm trying to handle it and it was just uh it was but you know what it was fun it was that's what you know practice is supposed to be fun you go out there you work hard have a few laughs and Slots was great at that like you know as long as you're working hard and doing what you're supposed to do you wanted us to go out there and have a few laughs and do what we needed to do to uh, be successful so you played your offside there's not a lot of defensemen who excel playing their offside. Why were you so good playing the right side as a left shot? Yeah, you know what? I I, I don't know. I, I just, I for whatever reason, I fell into it, and it just kind of all came together. So did you play that it way was, like in junior too? Um, I, I did play a little bit in okay. junior on my offside. Yeah, yes, I did. And you know what? It just, it, there, there's a lot of good to it. There, like there really is. It's, it's uh there's, you know, you when guys are coming down three on two on you, you can get your stick out, you can force them out wide, you can push them wide, and and things like that. Um, the only thing is when you're when you're going behind the net, it's, it, things are a little bit different. But the, it, it's, it, I remember when I went to LA and they said, "Well, you're going to play the left side," and I was like, "Oh man, this is going to be tough." And it it was tough for like five games. Like I couldn't, I was like I was bad because yeah. I couldn't. You, I've been turning. One way my whole career, right? And now I got to get there. You're like Zoolander, he couldn't turn right, the other yeah, way. Yeah, right. Now I got to turn to the left and try to close out again. Like it was, it was hard. And and just the way you see the whole game, right? Like you just you 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 see the the game differently from from one side to the other. But for whatever reason, I just uh, it it just worked over there. And you know, like I said before, you got Paul Coffey as your partner, so it's it's a pretty good deal. And uh, if I wanted to play in the NHL, I'm going to stay on that right side and make it work. You know, try of, of all the the players from that team, I'm not sure I've asked them this question before. Um, the miracle on Manchester Game Three, you're up five nothing, you lose six five in overtime. What was said first of all after the third period where you blew the five nothing lead between overtime, and then what was said in after the loss? Yeah, you know what I, I think Slats was. I mean, yeah, he was upset obviously, but he like he always. He had an interesting way of handling things, right? Like he'd always come in with a, 
with the with the right frame of mind like he would sometimes he'd yell at you or he'd pick on pick certain guys to yell at and get get try to get them going but i mean he he was upset obviously to to do what we did out there but he came in uh and just said hey you know what it is what it is here's where we're at we got to go out and try to win this game in overtime now it's it, it's happened so there's nothing we can do it's in the past let's go and obviously didn't work out but he just he he would handle things like that and then when we lost in overtime it was like hey you know what game's over it's over and done with we're moving on to the next one and put this one behind us and uh we can't you can't live on it because it's a it was a tough loss obviously oh. but like anyways it, so he would he tried to he he handled situations really well that was one thing that, that i remember really well about slots is just the way he handled everything about different situations about the way the game was going or the way the game wasn't going or the way he handled individuals in between periods or or after a game and things like that john muckler as a guy who became a coach later on you talked about how muckler was really good for you down in the minors but then when you got called up he essentially got called up too as an assistant coach right and he became an assistant coach uh in edmonton and people talk about how Slats was like the motivator. He was the main guy, but but John was the tactician. What about John Muckler was so great tactically? Like, what did he bring? You know what? I think he 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 understood the game so well. Like he had been around for a long time. Yeah. Like he was, you know, he was not like he had been around only for a few years. He was been around for a long time. The other thing is, is that I mean, back then you had VHS tapes, right? And he was breaking games down on those, and it was a lot more difficult yeah. than it was but he put I remember him putting hours and hours and hours in to, to to get some clips for us to show but he just he just saw the game so well and then when he went and watched the opponent that we were going to be playing you know more, more so in the playoffs um he just knew how to break them down he just the way he saw the game and he had a he had a, a, a tactic for how they were forechecking or how they were forechecking in the neutral zone and things like that and he just he picked up on it right away and um he always he always had a game plan, you know. We we'd go into a game and we knew what we were doing. And like I said, we didn't we didn't do a lot of video through the regular season, yeah. but when we got into the playoffs, we spent a lot of time on it. Charlie, how do you our guest today on Who Is It Wednesday? I'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back with more. Uh, Charlie, of course, is our uh, big guest of the day. Brought to you by Silent Ice Sports and Entertainment, an innovative leader in the. Uh, Market the leader across Western Canada, owning the uh, Seattle Thunderbirds, the Spruce Grove Saints, the uh, Hockey Prospects League, the Super Hockey League, Silent Rides, and more. That's Silent Ice. We continue on Sports 1440, Orders Nation YouTube. It's uh, the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. And our guest, who is it Wednesday, of course, five-time Stanley Cup champion, uh, recently inducted into the Edmonton Orders. Hall of Fame, Charlie Huddy. Joined us, and of course, Charlie, you know, you, you have those five Stanley Cups in seven years, which is unbelievable. We had uh, Randy Gregg in, in studio uh, a few weeks ago talking about it, and he was just like, like, you know, you're so lucky, but obviously you have to work in- incredibly hard to, to win all that. And, um, you know, you win the one without Wayne, which I, I think for guys, uh, Craig Simpson talked about it. Like, it just, it meant something a little bit more, right? just so people, hey, we're still good. And, you know, obviously Wayne's a great player. I, so I'm probably biased, but I think he's the greatest player ever. But um, the interesting thing for you is you have all that success in Edmonton like everybody else. And back then, Edmonton was, you know, eventually now the money starts coming and everybody was slowly leaving, right? When you left in, in a different circumstance, because uh, it was after the 91 season and, and you guys had still gone to the conference final, right? So it was still pretty good. Lots of the guys were still there, not all. And Slats told you, you're telling me during the break that he told you, Hey, I'm going to expose you in the expansion draft, but you're not going to get taken. Like, but I went and looked at the expansion draft. Like you're like the fourth or fifth <laughs> pick taken. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know what to say. That's what, that's all he told me. He just said, I'm not going to protect you. No, they're not going to, nobody's going to take you. Don't worry. And then did bang, you have a contract still? Bang, I was gone. I, I think I, I think I did. Yeah. Okay. Weird. Yeah. So I don't know what, I mean, they had to. Do what they had to do, right, to protect guys and not protect guys. And yeah, and he it thought, was he, he really thought nobody was going to take uh, me. He thought it was you know whatever reason he I don't know if he had talked to guys to the to the GMs from there and whatever, but didn't work out that yeah. way. Yeah, well, it was yeah. weird because Minnesota <laughs> was in the expansion draft, even though they'd been in the league. Right, yeah, right. It was because they kind of split them in San Jose. Yeah, and it was it kind was, of odd. Yeah. So you get um, taken by Minnesota, but you never played there because then they they traded you and, and Jim Thompson. Jim Thompson was uh, for Todd Ellick to uh, to the L.A. Kings. So now it's and that was at the in summer, right around the close to the draft. So 
Take me through that when you get the phone call. Now you're trading. You're just like, I'm going to L.A. Well, I know Gretzky and I know McSorley. You know, it's like that must have been like the ideal place for you to go. Yeah, you know what? It, it really was. I mean, I if there was somewhere I had to go, I guess that was the place to <laughs> that was the place to go. I yeah. mean, I was going to be familiar with guys, and you know what they were doing. I mean, Bruce McNall was bringing guys in there trying to win a Stanley Cup, yeah. and uh, at all at all costs for him. And um, so, you know what? For me, it was a good uh, it was a good option, and uh, you know what? I enjoyed my I enjoyed my time there. Well, you guys had a really good team, and of yeah. course, everybody yeah. remembers the the nineteen ninety three Stanley Cup final. Yeah, um, I know you remember all the ones you win. How tough was that one to lose? Yeah, you know what? It was uh, it, it was hard because you know, it, like it. I said that like before, like all the cups are different, right? Because Slats used to do a good job of bringing different guys, and so you know the the. And it's funny to say, but like when he brought different guys in and you win a cup, to be able to see guys that he brought in, see their faces when they win. So it was kind of like that when I went to L.A., right? Like we, uh, Dave Taylor was there, Luke Robitaille was there some other guys, but they had played for like 15, 60, whatever years they had been playing, and they had never been to the Stanley Cup Finals. And when we won, when we beat Toronto to be able to go against Montreal, like the, the their faces and the way they handled it and getting that um, Campbell Conference Bowl and stuff like that was just, it, it was unreal. Like it really was just to see how excited and what they got out of it. And then, so, you know what, to be able to go all that way and not be able to win it and to be able to see how they would have, how they would have handled it would, would have been really special. But, um, you know what, it's, it wasn't meant to be and unfortunately it didn't happen. Illegal stick penalties weren't really called that often. No. Back then. What, what did you guys make of when they, when they called Marty for that? Well, you, you know what, you always think of the worst, right? You always think of the, one of the Montreal trainers getting in the room and measuring the sticks and going through them and going, Hey, yeah, that's, and relaying it to the coach. And then if you need it, you take a chance and you got, and you got, you know what, sometimes, but that's not fair to say, but that's what you're thinking, right? Okay. And, but you know what, you got guys on the ice. That are playing against Marty, and they'll look at the stick. Like back then, you could tell if it was, you know, the, that the curve wasn't wasn't legal. You could tell. So I, I mean, part of that could have been the guys that they had on on the on Montreal that had picked it off, and uh, you know, saw that it was uh, saw that it was illegal. And it's funny how, like, do you believe having played in it, did the series change on that call, or is that too uh, easy to say? Yeah. I I think it did a little bit. It really it got them fired up because of the because of the call and you know and, and and got them going. But they, I mean, I think they had went through that whole playoff run with an enormous amount of overtime. Oh wins. my goodness! Yeah, it was like ten. I, I can't. Is that what it was? Ten? Yeah, I know it was a big number, but yeah, you know what they? Uh, you know what? Credit to Montreal. They 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 played a, they played a good series. You know, we just didn't uh, we just didn't have that extra to get uh, get over the top. So, you know what, uh, you come in the NHL, your, your first game, of course, was against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, back in uh, November of 1980. And uh, then you play your last NHL game uh, with the Buffalo Sabres in 1996-97. But that same season, you became like, the, you know, the Reg Dunlop. Uh, you went down to Rochester and they wanted you to be a player coach. John Tortorella is your head coach in Rochester. But I look and I'm like... Jeez, like you're playing 63 games. Was that the plan to play that many games as an assistant coach slash uh, player? Yeah, no, yeah, I didn't sign up for that one. I talked to John <laughs> Muckler about going down there. Um, he, you know, again, Muck was he was the GM in Buffalo, and he was great. I told him, you know, my plans. I said I'd like to try to get into coaching. Okay. I think I might enjoy it. Okay, and he goes, you know what? He goes, why don't you go down to Rochester? The good coach down there, John Tortorella, is down there. And go down and learn from him and, you know, watch how he handles the, the team and does video and the whole runs practices and the whole nine yards. And I said, you know what? That's a, I said that, yeah, that'd be great. Cause if it's a start for me, then I can go down there and see if I like it. And the, the great thing was, is that me and Torts both lived in Buffalo. So we were driving, you know, like an hour and five minutes to Rochester. Okay. So there'd be some days where he'd call me and he, you know, cause down there it's a weekend. You're practicing pretty much all week, right? So he'd call me some days and go, "Hey, I'm not coming in. I'm not going to go to practice today. You can go about go out there and run it yourself." And I'd be like, "Okay, well, is there anything? Yeah, no, I just, you know, you know what we do in practice. Go out there and so I'd go out there and I'd have my gear on and I'd run a few practices by myself with the with the with the guys. So it was so that part was pretty cool. I got to okay. You know, how the, how did your teammates? How did but, they love it? Yeah, or? no, they they thought it was cool. Yeah, okay. they, they they liked it and, and and the practices were good. I didn't get any guys going. All oh, this guy's really 
he's going to run practice and stuff like that. I think they had enough respect for me from what I had done, you know. And, okay. And then, so going back to the other part, the the playing way too many games, yeah, because it was like the the second weekend into the season, and I remember back then they played three and three, so it was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and I remember that I played the Friday and the Saturday, and I didn't want to play the Saturday. And then we get to the last game is in Philly against their farm team, and it's Sunday, and Torts goes, I need you to play today, and I go, Torts, I'm not playing. Like, it's three and three. Like, you know, put let use four defensemen. I don't know, but I don't want to play in this game. He goes, I need you to play. And then I was like, uh, you know, I can't let the team. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I of course. I, so I ended up playing. So I played three and three, and then I said to him, listen, you know what? I'm not playing this many games, but you know what? I was a good guy, and I ended up playing a lot of games. But uh, <laughs> it was, you know what? It, it, it was fun. I was. Like, was the goal so that, for you kind of to be the seventh defenseman who would slot in yeah, a few times? No, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, that was that was kind of the plan. And then. Torch said, "You know what? If we're we're playing a tougher team or whatever, I'm gonna I'll put you in there so we can, you know." I'm said, "Yeah, okay, whatever." But so that that year, that last game that I played in the NHL yes. was in New Jersey. And yeah, I was in, in I was February. in Rochester, right? And so, um, who I think Torch, yeah. Tor- Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Torch called me, and he goes, Buffalo's calling you up. You got to go to New Jersey to play a game. He goes, I think it's just the one guy. I said, Torch, I don't want to go. I'm, I, I'm the only guy in the minors that's arguing to go play a game in the NHL. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm going, I don't need to go to, like, pick somebody else. I don't need to go to New Jersey to play one NHL game, and they're going to send me down the next day when the game's over. I said, I'm not, you know, 22 years old. I don't need it. He goes, no, you got to go. You ha- they, I said, call him and tell him I don't want to come. So he goes, oh, okay, I'll whatever. I don't know if he ever called or not. He's calling back and he goes, yeah, no, they're not taking that. taking that. You're going to New Jersey. So I ended up going to New Jersey and playing one game and then got sent back down. So how, what, like, did you, when you, that was your last, and you're like, hey, this is my last game. Did you take it all in? Did you do anything special that game? You know what? I didn't know because I think I was just angry that I had to actually go play. <laughs> I can't the, believe that. Go play the game, you know. And I just kind of, I, I, my career was done before that, right? So this yeah. was just kind of a okay. That's fair. Yeah, like you a, know what? Yeah, you're, this okay. was kind of a throw-in game, you know. Yeah. And it, it's it's like anything. You you kind of get a feel like you know. Could I have snuck out a couple more years? Yeah, but then it like everything works for a reason, right? So the job in Rochester wouldn't may, may not have been there. So. Who knows what I'm doing? Then I, I did go went to the East Coast for, for a year to coach down there, and then I went right to the Rangers. So the timing and everything, like like most things, is 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 perfect. And I ended up, you know, going the path that I had. But I think a lot of it was just timing. If I had hung on for another year or two, maybe none of it happens in the coaching part of it. Now you had been an, an NHL or sorry an ECLJ head coach for one year in, in Huntington Blizzards. Then you went and you got the assistant job with the Rangers. You spent twenty three years as an NHL assistant. Did you interview for head coaching jobs? Were you ever close to getting you any? Know, you know what? I didn't, and I didn't really want one to oh, be okay. honest with you. I okay. just I, I I enjoyed the. I didn't need the 
enormous amount of stress those guys have on them. I just wanted to go and be able to help young defensemen or whatever and and still stay in the game and enjoy it and have a few laughs and you know take those young guys and take yep. them out for a beer and talk about it and yep. so I, I never really did I just I enjoyed doing what I was doing and being able to I was fortunate the guys that I worked for Mac T and then Paul Maurice I I, I ran the defense so I didn't have to really ant like they didn't come down they I'd put out who I want we talked about before the game okay so I kind of ran my own my own show back there and I did what I did and there would be certain points. Mac T would come down and say, okay, I know I've seen enough of that guy for tonight. Don't play him anymore. And then, you know, we'd move on. But it was it, – I, I was lucky that way. So I was kind of my own, my own head coach down in my little end down there with, yeah. my, with my six defensemen. So I, I really enjoyed that. And I go, you know what, I don't – I don't, I don't, I don't have any need to move to try to move on. Okay, but you didn't have a chair and a microphone though. That was the only thing you were missing. <laughs> yeah, yeah I didn't know there. you had. Now exactly, it was interesting yeah. what you said. Mac T would come down to you. How many did you have to? If you felt a D man, okay, you know what? I've seen enough, or I just seen enough this period. Yeah. Could you? Did you have the open I, to, to make that call? Yeah. No. You know what? I would. I would usually. I'd. I'd maybe let the guy miss a couple of shifts. Okay. And then I most of the time I'd go down to Mac T and say, Hey, you know. How are you seeing it? This is what I'm seeing. He go, yeah, yeah, good. Because you know, at the end of the day, if you sit somebody for the, That's if it fair. wasn't that, I could go out and say, hey, you know what? I'm running the defense, and this is what I saw, and I didn't like his game tonight. You know what? Everybody has one of those yeah, games. Fair. And, and it's but he Mac T's the guy that's got to go sure. out there and handle it. So I don't. He go yeah no fine I'm I'm good with that. Or else there'd be some games where I'd be playing and I'd kind of feel the guy's maybe coming on. He's going to get going and Mac T would come down and go yeah you know what I've had enough of him for <laughs> this period. We'll talk about it next period and see if we're going to put him out in the whatever. And I'd go hey I know fine and then we'd move on from there. Because it's an interesting one and the reason I asked that question obviously other fans are you know what there's certain levels where. It, Usually, if a guy gets sat down, we saw Jonathan Hubro last night, right? Uh, sat yeah, down the whole yeah, third yeah. period, right? And hey, you're a star player. Obviously, people are going to talk about yeah. it. And they talk about it 20 years ago. I don't think it would matter. But it doesn't mean you dislike the player. It's just like at some point, I'm sure you've had conversations. He's doing something that you've talked about many times, and it's still in his game. And that's kind of like the last resort to say, you know what? Maybe this will get their attention if you miss four or five shifts. Take away what they love, kind of thing. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it that that's part of it. And, and like I said before, the other part is, is that some games you get out there and it's just not it's just not working for you, and it's almost better like you. Sometimes as a player, you you go out there and the game's going sideways on you, and you can't you you, you know you go out that next shift and you hope for you're going to get it back, and it never really happens. But you you just it's almost kind of like relief sometimes that he's not putting me out there anymore because okay. I can't get anything done. Yeah, and I'm just I'm hurting the team and I'm what, whatever the case may be. And you know what? I'm going to start over tomorrow. I'm going to come to practice or whatever, and I'm going to get my game back, and then I'm going to move forward from there. But it's um, you know what it's it. it Everybody has them, right? I mean, there's people work and go to work and go, man, I don't have it today. You know, I yeah. just kind of, That's, it, it's just not there. No, and no you know one what? sees and, us but when nobody, we have a bad day. There's nobody, <laughs> not 25 reporters there writing a story about you the next day or 17,000 fans screaming at you going, why is he still on the ice, you know? So Now, uh, last year you had the opportunity to coach your, uh, your granddaughter's uh, U18 yeah. hockey team for a little bit. Uh, how was that? You know what? It was a lot of fun. I wasn't sure when I, when I got to that first practice and I went out there and I was going like, Oh man, this is going to be a, but you know what? It, it, it was awesome. I, I really enjoyed it. And, and it's like I, I left in January because they had gotten another coach. And I said to them before I left, I said, you know what? The great thing about this was I had a great experience out here. And I said, this is going to happen a lot. I'm going to call you guys, but I don't, you know what? Cause I've been anyway. So I just said, you girls, I'm, I'm like, I'm so proud of you. Like from the day one, when I, when I started coming to practice to when I'm leaving now in January. Yeah. You guys improved so much, like just their passing and their skating and the just everything about it. You know what they they really got better. So you kind of you kind of feel good about it. You know when you, you know I spent you know three months with them and you know practicing and and games and stuff like that and they got better and they they ended up going like right to the right to the end and lost before they got to the to the next level um, at the end of the season. But it was uh, yeah you know it was a lot of fun. It really was. So. Now, uh, what's next for Charlie Huddy? The, uh, do you, do you have the itch? If someone called for you to be an NHL assistant coach, would you go back? Yeah, you know what? I, I don't think so. Okay. I think I, I had my time there and I think I've, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my, my time there. And I think it's just, you know what? It's time to kick back and, and just relax and just watch games as a fan. You know, you still, when I'm watching games, you kind of still kind of, 
got the edge. You kind of going, oh, why are they doing that? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, you're a fan, man. Yeah, you're right on there the you edge. You're right on the edge of your seat, right? And but you know what? It's uh, I, I'm in, I'm enjoying it, just kind of hanging out. I mean, I had 42 years of playing and coaching, grinding it out every day. And it, and you know what? Like people people understand how hard it is to coach in the NHL. Yeah. Like there's a lot of hours that go into you know when you when you make a, a tape a penalty kill tape or a five on five tape like. It's there's you're watching like who knows six seven eight hours of hockey to put a two minute penalty kill tape together. Yeah, you know, so it's it, it's a grind. Like you got and you're trying to stay ahead of the game. You're playing back to back. You're you're trying to get video done. You're trying to teach players how to you know to 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 make, to get them better. You know, and you're there's a there's a lot that goes into it. And I I know people understand how how hard it is and and the fact that the pressure that there is of winning every night. It's a the business is driven by winning games, right? And if you're not winning, then... So before I let you go, I have to ask you. Order fans, the text line's going crazy. What does Charlie think? How do you improve the order's defensive game? You know what? It, it, they, they've got to... Five guys have got to commit to it. Like, every time we say, you know, how did they get... How the, as soon as you say defense, defensive game, it automatically goes to the defense, right? The defense has got to get better, whatever. But you know what? It's it, it For me, it's five guys out on the ice that got to work together. Like, there can't be a big – we talked about it earlier. It can't be a big separation of your defense being at yeah. the top of your circles and the forwards that are coming back are at the red line. I mean, it, it can't happen. you got to you got to move as fives. It's like the penalty kill. you got to move as four guys. If you move as one guy and then another guy moves slowly, then it, it, there's too many holes. And I, I think that's I think that's part of it for me is, is that – when they're when the puck gets turned over and it's coming back the other way, they're just not moving as five. And you know what? They get's got to everybody's squeezing their sticks hard right now, right? Because of the situation that they're in. But you know what? They they just got to go out there and, and play the game. They got to have a game plan going in and uh, and get things turned around. They need a little puck luck, you know. And oh, a little uh, bit, a little bit <laughs> <laughs> around that net. You know yeah. what? You say, oh, you ran into a hot goalie, but you know what? You need you need a little bit of luck once in a while. You know the. Goalies are good in this league. It's tough to tough to score. Charlie, thank you so much for your time joining us today on uh, Who Is It Wednesday. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. Appreciate it. Thanks. That is uh, Charlie Huddy, Hall of Famer for the Edmonton Oilers and, of course, five-time Stanley Cup champion. Let's get to uh, the con man on a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. Stay warm all summer at LegacyHeating.ca. 